This episode of the Two Fit Crazies in a Microphone podcast is brought to you by TFC Productions. Christine, what's the TFC stand for? Two Fit Crazies. Two Fit Crazy Productions? Yeah. Yeah, we produce some podcasts. So, um, you know, people always come up to us uh, and ask us how we can help them or, you know, what we can do. How did you get started in podcasting? What do I need? This and that. We got Let you us covered. help you. Let got- us consult with you. We'll walk you through every step. Got you covered. And then from there, if you feel like recording and sending us the information, we'll produce it. We'll package it. We'll send it back to you nice with a bow on it. And uh, you just upload it yourself. And we'll uh, give you all those marketing tools and everything you need to do in the meantime. That's right. From the leaders in Podcasting 101. TFC Productions. So we're also brought to you by ContiFit.com, which is your virtual online fitness and wellness. You name it, you need it. We're here for you. And uh, make sure, check out the Let's Face It Together Facial Fitness and Rehabilitation Program, working with special populations around the world. Get virtually certified today. Don't miss out. Also brought to you by High Five Health and Fitness. We've got virtual online health coaching uh, sessions with me, uh, my company, High Five Health and Fitness. Uh, all the information, highfivehealthandfitness.com. It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazes. In the microphone. We are where it's at. Going up north, Green Mountains. Before that, I feel like there's some sort of cocktail party going on outside of our oh, studio. Yeah. Which, at some point, we're going to move studios so that there is not a cocktail party going on <laughs> outside. Listen, I don't know what's wait, happening. We're where it's at, and our studio is where it's at. Like, there may be music pumping out pretty soon. We need one of those like on-air lights outside of our office door here. Right. Yeah, (gasps) on-air. Oh. You should get one, right? Yeah. And then if people people walk by, (laughs) if people walk by, it'll be like... (laughs) I don't know. That might be worse, Christine. You might want to rethink that one. Then it would have to be a shock. (laughs) Some sort of like dog fence. (laughs) Poisonous gas. So close. (laughs) There's something wrong with us, but that's fine. That's all good. Brian was trying to have this nice introduction about we're going to Vermont and it's Woodstock and the Woodstock Inn. Beautiful seasons. I legit want to pack pack my car right now and drive up to the Woodstock Inn and just be like, I'm here. Right. Here I am. Let's, let's explore. Sounds amazing, right? I, well, I'm like, Whoa. trailheads, <sighs> snowshoeing, fitness trail. Swimming. I'm sure there's massages. There's probably good food. Oh, like, it's like ginseng. Right. <laughs> ginseng. <laughs> we learned a lot. And Andrew Stowe was, first of all, amazing. Andrew Stowe Fitness. He, you know, connected <laughs> through like SCW, all this fun stuff. Left ginseng farming. It's like a ginseng hunter. So, it, not like the show that you've seen, though. I've never seen the show. However, I was really educated today about ginseng farming. Wait, he worked himself to the bone. No idea. Ginseng farming. I said, "Man, I got to know what? more." The what? <laughs> they, what did you call it? It was like green gold. Green gold. I don't know. On the show, I thought they were marijuana just going, was like green gold. Yeah, I never heard of ginseng. Green gold. But I'm I'm almost tempted to like go out in the woods, like and start like looking around for ginseng roots at this point after careful you got to go through the state there's all sorts of measures that you have to get through all right (laughs) who knew this is fascinating so you're going to hear all about this because we don't even want to ruin it or attempt to explain what just went down so leaving the ginseng farming industry and entering his true love of health and fitness and wellness and you know he wants to help people manage mental and physical health 
check out all of his Facebook and Instagrams because Andrew Stowe is really cool with all of his outdoor workouts and he's like throwing wheelbarrows and like picking up rocks and it's just really cool and fun. Hey, Vermont, you know, it's, uh, it's like anywhere. the wild, wild east up there, you know, it's, it's cool. It's, uh, there's a lot of, uh, uh, opportunity to play, uh, you know, which is something that we talk about on the show too. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, you know, just he does a great job. He's enthusiastic. He loves what he does, and uh, he loves helping people. And you know, when things kind of throw you a wrinkle, uh, you know, like COVID and everything, mm-hmm. and the, you know the the uh, the inn and the you know the athletic club that he works at is closing, and you know mm-hmm. he gets furloughed, and you know what do you do? He did yeah. a pot of beret. That's it. Turned himself around. You head outside, mm-hmm. and you grab their favorite tree branch, and you do some work on that, and you know you you, you make you get in your kitchen, and look, you. Your things work out best for those yes. that make the best of the way that things work out. Oh, look at you, John Wooden. Look at you. And uh, you know, if things work out in a certain way, and you can got choices, right? Choices. Always do something, right, Christine? Yeah, well, two choices in life. <laughs> yeah, always I've choose heard that something. One before. Mm-hmm. That's it. So Andrew Stowe is is just awesome. You're going to be motivated by him. Definitely um, check him out. We've got all of his information included as well. And he does um, he does Zoom workouts just like you know a lot of people. And you got to find your uh, you know find the person that lights your shine. And you know maybe it's Andrew, maybe it's Brian, maybe it's me. Yeah. But got to keep looking. All right, here we go. Enjoy everybody. Christine Conte. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, how's it going? Good. Good? Yeah, we're real good. Okay. What do you got around your neck? All right. So it's <laughs> we could talk about this later, but yes, um, I got my Boston Marathon medal in the mail today, and, <laughs> and I put it on, and I'm wearing it today, damn it. So. Like you do when you run the damn thing, yeah, right? Yeah, I ran it twice, twice virtual, okay? Yeah. This, I'm wearing my damn medal, period, right. the end. Because you know what? I'm excited about today. It's going to be a good day. And Andrew Stowe is with us today from Vermont. How you doing? I am doing fantastic up here in the Green Mountain State. Yeah, we got a whole New England vibe going on here mm-hmm. with Christine and her Boston Marathon unicorn around her neck and uh, Andrew up in, <laughs> in Woodstock, Vermont, right? Yes, exactly. Kind of smack dab in the middle of the state, Woodstock, Vermont. Awesome. What? So what's the closest, where do you ski? Like, what's the closest mountain to that? Oh, uh, closest mountain? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, Woodstock is kind of perfectly situated. So we have, probably the closest mountain is Killington. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Killington Mountain is maybe 30 minutes away, uh, Killington and Pico. Mm-hmm. And in the other direction, not too far at all, maybe similar time, you have a Scutney and then a little bit further, you get into New Hampshire and into the White Mountains. So we're kind of surrounded by this, playground of um big tall things to run up and climb all the time that's awesome 
And uh, I mean, Stowe is a place in Vermont. Any relation? What are we? T- <laughs> are you related? No, no. I wish. I mean, damn it. You know, they don't even they don't even give me free coffee when I go up there. <laughs> uh, so no, zero zero relation. But um, yeah, Stowe is a beautiful place in Vermont, a little farther north, um, and another great mo- mountain up there too, uh, Mount Mansfield and the Stowe Resort and Stowe Pinnacle. So uh, yeah, we're just surrounded by. It's like an outdoor playground up here. Cool. Born and raised, right? I take it. Mm, no, I was born in Connecticut, uh, raised down there. My dad is from northern Vermont, up in St. Johnsbury, and that's where he was born. That's where my grandparents lived their whole life. So, growing up, I spent a lot of time in northern Vermont. Um, you know, learning how to ski up at Burke, uh, doing a lot of hiking up there around my family's land. Um, but. Even from an early age, I knew that Connecticut was not going to be where I ended up. I kind of knew that Vermont was always going to be where it's at. All right. So let's talk. Let's talk. So you are a fitness enthusiast and you have, you know, kind of recently, I want to say recently, but, you know, you've had your hand in the pot for a while, um, really gone for it with, you know, with Andrew Stowe. You call it Andrew Stowe Fitness? Yeah, that's right. I started my own fitness business back in, well, actually in March, right when I got furloughed at the athletic club where I work. Yeah. So, all right. So tell take us through this of, all right, so obviously we know, you know, being in Vermont and hiking and skiing, you always had some sort of athletic prowess or something going on. Now, how did you get this path? How did you come across, you know, oh, I want to be in fitness and wellness and health? Yeah, and that's that's kind of the the pivotal story. Uh, there was kind of a singular event or a series of events that really brought me to this path 100% and full-time. Um, you know, I was kind of always into fitness to some degree. In college, uh, in high school, I played water polo. So for about 10 years in a row when I was younger, I played water polo competitively a couple years before high school, all the way through high school and through college. Uh, I was always a runner, but never competitively. It was always fun, um, though I am a really competitive person. So even on fun runs, I sometimes push it a little too hard. Um, so that was always kind of there in the background, um, always being outside, always hiking and running and exploring. Um, I moved back to Vermont in 2014, actually a couple years earlier, 2012, and I started my own farming business back in 2014. And at the time, I'd been on this farming and food path for a while, uh, working on different farms, had this idea that I'd come back to Vermont and start my own farm near my family's land. And so in 2014, of, of all, speaking of crazy things, I started a ginseng farming business. <laughs> all right. um, yeah, all over Vermont. And, you know, I the details of that, you know, we could go into them if we want, but really just the takeaway is that this particular business, it, it got really big, but it also, the particular nature of this business became extremely stressful um, mentally. It kind of pushed me to a place um, that I hadn't really been before, you know, kind of the lowest of the lows, bottom of the barrel kind of thing. And I came back to, you know, we were working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, for basically years at a stretch, you know, not really talking to family or friends, just nose to the grindstone. Um, and a couple years in, I was really struggling, you know, depression, anxiety, that stuff. 
And at the time, coming back into fitness, especially getting back into the gym and getting back into resistance training and functional fitness, um, I can really say beyond a shadow of a doubt that coming back to fitness at that time really saved my life. Um, and I just rekindled this passion for self-care, fitness, you know, managing your health through activity and exercise and having a fitness routine. Um, and I got back into it so hard and I was having so much fun and just loving so much what I was doing that as I realized that farming wasn't really the path for me, it became clearer and clearer that what I really wanted to do was to help people find their own medicine through exercise. Um, I believe that movement is medicine to a lot of degrees. And I think for everybody out there, there is some form of exercise or fitness or movement where it can be their medicine. It can be the thing that really helps them manage their health, their stress levels, uh, mental health, physical health, the whole package. Uh, I feel like fitness really ties it all together. Um, and so realizing that this is what I wanted to do, I left the business in 2019. So it was five years in this farming business, total insanity. Um, and kind of accidentally, it was funny because as I was getting out of the business and kind of realizing I need to be in this fitness industry, I need to be helping people find exercise and find that, that habit that lets them feel stronger and more positive and healthier. Um, I was still, you know, in a little bit of a mess trying to figure out what I was going to do, where I was going to go. And I happened to be house sitting for a friend here in Woodstock, Vermont that winter. You know, I was, I was getting out of the business. I was knowing that I wanted to be in fitness, uh, but not really sure yet where I wanted to land. And it was funny. I was house sitting here in Woodstock back in February, 2019, and I really needed a gym <laughs> to work out in. And I went over to the Woodstock Athletic Club. I actually had a little Google Map thing going where I was going to go visit all of these gyms in the area. And I went to the Woodstock Athletic Club and I was like, okay, how much is it for a day pass here? And they told me in my head, I was like, oh my God, I could never afford that. Um, and so kind of jokingly, I said to the girl at the desk, I was like, well, if I, if I worked here, could I work out for free? <laughs> and she said, and she got all serious and she was like, yeah, actually you can and we're hiring right now. And so I got a call that night from the manager and she was like, can you come in for an interview next week? And I was like, all right, here we go. The door is opening. <laughs> um, so I just went for it. Uh, and ever since then, it's just taken off. Uh, they helped me get my group fitness instructor um, certificate. They helped me get my aqua certificate. They helped me get my uh, personal training certificate. And it's just been nonstop fun teaching lots of fitness classes training a lot of different people through the club um and so that's kind of <laughs> i think that's kind of the full saga of how i got to where i am today to some degree all right i gotta know we're gonna get into all the fitness and the wellness and all that stuff i gotta know though why ginseng and why the hell is it 24 hours that you have to do that for two years <laughs> like what is that all about okay so yeah, here we go. We're going to go into the weeds for a second. Um, Fascinating. Get- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so ginseng is a native perennial that grows wild in the U.S., um, especially in New England, Appalachian states. Uh, it grows in the forest. Um, it grows in certain kinds of forests. And 
there's a sister plant that's almost the same identical species that used to grow in China. So for about 5,000 years, ginseng has been kind of the central pillar in CTM, Chinese traditional medicine. Uh, there's really nothing in our culture that can create an analogous image of what ginseng is to the Chinese culture. Um, they have shows about it. There's songs about it. Um, there's legends and stories. It's, um, you know, people will frame a really rare or nice looking ginseng root and give it to each other for a graduation present or to seal a business deal. Like instead of getting a new car for graduating college, maybe you get a really nice ginseng root. And for us, we're just like, that makes no sense. Oh, hell's um, no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So totally, totally different culture. The thing is the Chinese uh, ginseng is now pretty much extinct. Um, they, it's been over harvested. You know, it's been harvested for thousands of years over there. Um, but back in like the 1800s, there was, so the legend goes, there was two Jesuit missionaries. They were brothers. One of them was in China. One of them was in Canada near the New York or near like New York, Vermont border. And the guy in New York sends a plant over to his brother or his brother comes to visit and sees a plant. There's a lot of different stories here, but basically the Jesuit missionary brother in China is like, Oh my gosh, what is this plant? Where did you get it? And the guy in Canada is like, what are you talking about? It grows everywhere in the woods here. And the guy in China is like, uh, they will pay hand over fist for it. And that was kind of the birth of the ginseng industry in the U.S. Um, so all through the 1800s, you know, people were harvesting ginseng wild in Vermont, putting it in barrels, shipping it over to Asia and just selling it by the boatload. Um, fast forward a little bit. Like I said, we're getting into the weeds. You tell me when no, you want to no, get no, out. No, no, no. This is, this <laughs> Fascinating. is, this is the show, man. It is interesting. So <laughs> fast, forward, fast forward a little bit and... You know, there, there comes a point in, in the history of Vermont um, and in the U.S. where a couple things happen. U.S., well, there's a sheep industry in Vermont takes off. This is late 1800s. So, like, 90% of Vermont gets deforested. Um, and most of Vermont is sheep pastures. Ginseng becomes extremely rare. And a little bit further after that, laws start to get put in place to protect ginseng. Fast forward another few decades, Vermont has now gone in the last... 150 years from 90% cleared back to 90% forest. And the ginseng is coming back in Vermont, um, but it's still closely regulated by the state and by the feds. So if you want to harvest it, you need to get a license. If you want to sell it, you need to get a license. And so we had this whole, to kind of come full circle and answer your question, our whole business plan was to lease forest land all over Vermont buy legally harvested wild plants and then through these legal written leases plant that ginseng back into people's woods and then farm it uh, and then you know it gets more valuable after 14 years of age the longest the oldest root we found in the wild was like 90 years old um it was a very long-term business plan with a lot of ideas along the way to keep the business sustained in terms of cash flow while these various roots were getting up to a size and an age that we wanted to harvest them at. Um, so anyway, long story short, it was a massive endeavor statewide. You know, we had 50 farms at one point. I was driving all over the state, uh, managing contracts, managing landowners, going for woods walks with people. Um, 
it was just it was yeah. <laughs> like speaking of speaking of crazy it was absolutely insane and just you know way too much to manage Great. Andrews now has PTSD from telling that story. Like, I need to go for a run now after uh, yeah. reliving that Seriously, for a moment. After this, I, I do have a run <laughs> scheduled for right after this. Uh, look, I, you know, I just something that hit on that. I'm like, all right, why uh, the hell is ginseng so busy? I had no right? idea. Um, I had no idea that story. Well, they had a TV show, right? Wasn't there like some like fake reality TV oh, show? Yeah. I would get this all the time, and it's so bad. Um, the show, I think, was called Green Gold. Because that was one of the nicknames of ginseng. And it's based down south. And it's like you have these guys dressing camo, running around the yeah. woods with guns, like yeah. whooping and hollering and like digging up ginseng roots. And it's this whole – it's like way over dramatized. It's just insane. Um, that's like this tiny little fraction of the ginseng culture. It's what looks really good on TV. It's yeah. what captures that market audience. Um in Vermont, it's very sedate. I mean, there's a group of maybe two to 400 licensed collectors. You know, a lot of them are these grizzly old dudes with long beards. <laughs> um, and, you know, they get their license every year. They call the landowners to get permission as they're required. They go out during the ginseng season, which is a very small window in Vermont. It's, I think, September 1 to October 31, though. I would recommend if anybody's going to harvest ginseng in Vermont, Check the ginseng regulations online before you do to make sure that you're in the right window. Um, they go out and they get their roots. You know, if they're out there, if they can even find them, which is part of the fun because uh, they're very rare and they're hard to find in the wild, though they're out there. Um, if they get them, they take them to the state certifier. The state certifier looks at them, says, yep, it's legal age because there's a minimum age in Vermont. I think it's 10 years. So again, check those regulations. Um, <laughs> and then they you know, either eat them or sell them to a, you know, collector or whatever. So there's, I mean, in Vermont, there's none of this, like, <laughs> you know, running around with guns. Like I, I remember there was like a lot of, you know, there's a lot of altercations and it was very orchestrated. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, very interesting. A lot of setups and like all sorts of stuff. It was, it was like a history channel yeah. thing. It was like, and uh, that, I've never that heard show, of this. That show came out when we were doing the business and it was like, it was the worst timing ever because, <laughs> One of my jobs was the landowner relations side of things. And so I would either see a beautiful piece of woods that I thought might be right when I was driving around, or I'd use Vermont's public um, online mapping system to kind of look at different parcels of woods. And every time when I cold called a landowner, which was part of my job, just going up to their door and knocking on their door and saying, you know, hey, this is the business we do. You know, your woods look right. Do you want to learn more? Every time I did that, the first thing I would get was, Oh, like that show. <laughs> oh, gosh. I know. And I'd have to be like, no, nothing like that show. Nobody with like, you know, AR-15 assault rifles running around in your woods. <laughs> Andrew, I started traveling in the fitness industry uh, while the Jersey Shore show was <laughs> oh, very similar. still God. on. So, oh, you're from the Jersey Shore, like fist pump. Like you, and I'm like, those people are not from here. They ship them yeah. in. I think they're grown. They may be hatched. I think they're aliens. Not sure. I'm like, that's yeah, not how it is. <laughs> they're, they're like, oh, you're just like Snooky, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We look exactly the Conti, same. Conti, Snooky, mm -hmm. Conti, yeah. Snooky. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, like, man. It pretty much rhymes. <laughs> that's it. I'm getting, that's it. Show's over. <laughs> We're all going to go for over. a run. We're all going for a run. <laughs> Done. Uh, oh, man. All right. So now, wait. So when you went, 
which is great because I think a lot of us have stories of, you know, I don't teach a lot of classes, but the classes I have been teaching the last couple of years, it's like, well, why do you teach these classes? It's not that much money or whatever. And I'm like, because I get a free membership and I can swim in the winter or I can use their bikes when it's snowing or you, you know, um, I do think there's value in that. And, um, so when you went and said that you literally had no certifications or anything, you were just like, Hey, I kind of want to be involved in this. And here I am. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Zero certifications. <laughs> um, I had, I had been doing, you know, in the craziness of getting out of the business and not really having a steady job and not really having a steady place to live for mm-hmm. a little while. I'd had a lot of time to, uh, really research a whole ton about professions that kind of felt more, well, let me back up for a second. You know, as probably you guys are both aware you know, given your history, where you're at in the fitness industry, um, you know, what you've been through in life, I feel like for everybody, there'll come that point in life where you go through something that pushes you to your edge and is extremely challenging. And if that happens to you, and if you make it through in one piece, you have a much deeper understanding of yourself uh, your needs, your passions, really what you want to be doing. And so coming out of this business, I felt like for the first time I had clarity on on myself and the path I wanted to choose. Before starting work at the club, I had this free time on my hand. So what I was actually doing was driving around all over Vermont and shadowing personal trainers, shadowing people in the fitness industry. I must have gone to 10 or 20 different clubs um, before landing in Woodstock. And so even though I went to this club and didn't have any certificates, I, at this point I had a really strong sense of this is what I want to be doing. You know, this is where my passion lies. This is, this is how I can help people and connect with people. Um, and so I didn't have any certificates, but I, I had a very strong sense of direction and a very strong sense of belonging uh, in terms of what I wanted to do. And so it was a perfect fit at this club. Um, and they literally, I mean, I'm so, I, I'm just so immensely grateful. It seems like everything kind of lined up and fell into place. I mean, they were so excited to have my enthusiasm and energy. And I, from very, from day one, when, when, you know, my first interview for this job, which was just at the front desk, you know, greeting people, welcoming them as they come in, you know, I told my manager, when she interviewed me, I said, this is what I want to do. I want to be training people one-on-one. I want to be helping people. I want to be working with people. And that's why I'm working here um, so that I can have access to a gym for myself. But also as I build, you know, this new life and this new career that, that I'm so excited about. Um, and so from day one, they were so supportive and they, you know, like I said, I'm just so immensely grateful. They basically paid for me to get all of my certifications um, kind of with a loose handshake deal of, you know, you're going to stay for at least a few years um, and train here, you know, through our facility, which the facility is absolutely gorgeous. It's a beautiful, it's part of the Woodstock Athletic Club is part of the Woodstock Inn and Resort, which I didn't know at the time. Um, and this resort in, in Woodstock, you know, it includes the downhill ski area, the Nordic ski area, um, crazy mountain biking trails. You know, you have Mount Tom with trails on one side, you have Mount Peg with trails on the other side of town. Uh, and the athletic club itself being part of the resort is this beautiful, huge facility with indoor tennis courts, indoor pool, sauna, steam room, you know, a whole cardio room, you know, three different uh, workout rooms, a giant, beautiful yoga studio. So, I mean, it's just 
it's a facility where there's so much positive energy that it's it's the first job of my life where I, where I walk in there, even if I'm just working at the desk, even if I'm doing a shift welcoming people and I'm not teaching a class or training, I walk in there and it's the only job I've had where I never, where I'm actually often happier when I'm at work than when I'm not at work. <laughs> uh, and that's something that I didn't think I'd ever hear myself say. Um, so yeah, I had, I had no certificates when I showed up, but I had a plan and I had the energy and the passion and they've just, they've just embraced that and really opened up so many doors for me. I love that you said that because you think of when you find something you really love and it's so cliche because everyone's like, Oh, you find the job and you never work a day in your life. And I'm like, no, you know what? <laughs> it's, it's not always like that, but you get to say, I get to say it sometimes where I'm like, I get to do this. Right. Like, it's really cool yeah. that I get to do this. And yeah, maybe it's, you know, maybe you are working sometimes or researching, you've got calls or this or that. And I'm like, you know, I'm lucky that I'm in a spot that I can do this because you are working towards a bigger picture. And I love that, you know, you said, listen, this is, this was what I wanted to do. And you know what? You put yourself in a place of, you know what, I am going to work from, you know, I don't really know. I'm going to step in at this entry level and, and mm-hmm. learn and I shadow. And I, and I think it's important for, you know, our listeners too, to hear your story of, listen, all right, you want to, you know, you want to start a new career. You can't just jump in at the top. You right, know, no. it's, you know, it's, it's, we all have these journeys that, you know, how do you get to where you get to? Well, it's a freaking long journey and we're still on our journeys. We're still, you know, Brian and I always say, you know, right now it, podcasting is where it's at. And, you know, we help people produce podcasts in 10 years. We're going to be helping you do something else because <laughs> we don't know what that thing is yet after podcasting, yeah. but you know, it's, it's the journey to get there. Um, yeah. so now you, so, all right. So you wind up getting personal training and, and now, all right. So you go, when, when was it that you were like, I'm going to go, I'm going to be at a fitness conference. How did that start? Yeah. So we're talking about SCW in Boston. Yeah. That, that fitness conference. Yeah. Um, so that was actually part of that SCW conference. That was when I got aqua certified. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on this kind of track of, I mean, I, I was, when I started working at the club and started pursuing these certificates, like I said to you, this was kind of a, like a big career shift. And I didn't have, I mean, I have a, I have a bachelor's of science in biology from Bates college in Maine, but I don't have a background in exercise science. I don't have a background in kinesiology or, you know, any of these kind of what you'd expect this traditional path of, Oh, you want to be a personal trainer or a group fitness instructor this is what you need to do in terms of schooling. Oh, no, no, no. To- the best people, the, we're going to throw this out <laughs> no, here. I'm, the I best was just going to say that. Fitness instructors and trainers <laughs> and motivational speakers and everyone do not take the normal path. And those no, people that I, did I, wind up in something else. Right. I know. I think I'm learning that. And so when I was at the club, one of the most amazing things about this club is that there are so, there's, you know, I'm not alone. There's so many trainers on staff and they're all amazing and they all come from different walks of life and have these amazing experiences. Uh, the lead fitness pro at the athletic club is this Australian woman named Carly Pisani. She's incredible. She's basically been a mentor to me. Um, and she was, she's been training for decades. She was training, um, at some big clubs. I think the Equinox in, uh, in New York city, uh, and a couple other places. 
and so when I started working at the club, you know, that was another part of it too, is it's not just, I want to be at the desk and get exposed to, you know, people and their fitness needs. And, and I don't just want to be a group fitness instructor and a personal trainer, but I want to be in an environment where I can be a sponge and learn from all these other trainers. And it was such an amazing environment for that because like I said, all these trainers, all these different walks of life, I was just, you know, picking their, I must've been driving them crazy because I was just picking their brain about everything. Um, and a couple of them said, you need to go to this SCW conference. You need to go to this fitness conference. Um, and it kind of lined up perfectly because they were needing an aquatic exercise. Well, actually kind of back up one step. Um, my original plan was, was really along the training, uh, line. And I remember my fitness manager pulling me in early on and saying, okay, I know you want to be a personal trainer and you want to help people manage, you know, mental and physical health and make them, you know, happier and healthier and find this great habit. Um, but she said, you know, we are a little short staffed on group fitness instructors. You know, how would you feel about group fitness teaching? You know, if we paid for your certificate, would you be willing to do it for a couple of years? And at the time I kind of hemmed and hawed and I was like, oh man, I really want to do one-on-one -on -one training. But I was like, okay, fine. You know, if, if, if the inn's going to pay for it, you know, I can't really, I can't really say no to that. It'll be good experience and everything like that. Um, and so they sent me to SUW to that conference in December, both to get certified in aquatic exercise instruction, which I was like, I have no idea like, how to be an aquatic, you know, <laughs> fitness instructor. Um, but it's what they needed. And then, you know, at the same time, they were like, take all these, um, you know, go to the SCW conference and just be a sponge and take all these different, my fitness manager actually got to, she got part of the say in which classes I went to at the SCW conference, which, which, uh, lectures and speakers I went to see. So like I had a little list going, she had a little list going, we sat down, we compared, um, she said, you know, this one probably won't be beneficial for you at this time. I think you're going to get a lot more out of this one. Uh, and so we kind of came with up, came up with it together to be this full kind of learning experience for me and kind of with my long-term goals in mind, going to um, lectures with Harrison Garcia about building your, uh, your own fitness business. Um, and the funny thing about all that is that since that time, I have just absolutely fallen in love with group fitness uh, and teaching these group exercise classes. Uh, the energy, you know, for some, especially pandemic really revealed this, but for a lot of people I've learned, they can't really work out unless they have that, that the energy of that group fitness mm -hmm. environment. Uh, they really struggle to do it on their own. And so I have this hilarious crew now of like, of these 10, I would, I'll say easily like middle-aged to older ladies who are like my number one fan club. They, you know, they would come to all my aqua <laughs> classes and I'm like best friends with them. I'm friends with them on Facebook now. And it's hilarious. And I absolutely love every one of them to death, but I never would have saw myself doing that. Um, so anyway, that was kind of, that was kind of the progression to going to SCW and, and going to that uh, fitness mania convention in Boston, which was just a blast. I loved it. They, they provide such opportunity. I mean, just mm -hmm. like you said, you know, you can kind of pick and choose and, and everyone that's there, you know, whether you pick one or not, you know, if you, even if you stumble into a class, you're going to get an expert, um, you, you know, that, that's yeah. leading the show. And, uh, what a great opportunity, you know, and now it's mostly online and virtual, the things. And, uh, we got Miss Conti here, uh, presenting on a lot of stuff. Um, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's just really, um, 
Yeah, it's interesting. Look, man, you never know where this life force is going to suck you in and take you. Uh, <laughs> Seriously, uh, you know, you you think you want one thing, and the next thing you know, you're you're in, you're into another. But um, look, they're they're lucky to have you uh, at 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 Woodstock because um, you know, there's a reason why they have you there is because it's you. Yeah. Um, you know that that attitude that you walked in there with you know wanting this and 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 it's infectious and they know like whatever this guy's mm-hmm. got i want it you know so they bring <laughs> you in they're willing to pay for you they're willing to do all this stuff they're willing to send you these things because it's you you know and and um and look you're you're providing value and you got your posse going mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. middle-aged women on facebook <laughs> um you know yeah. in the aqua uh, uh you know in the pool uh so look it's uh it's really uh interesting and and again you know you kind of sometimes with this stuff and I've done it and we've all done it you kind of have to sit back and let some of it happen for you totally you know I think I mean somebody much wiser than me said at one point you know sometimes if you find you've gotten thrown into a river you don't fight it and try to get to the shore you just ride it you know and and see where it goes um and I'm having so much fun I wouldn't want to be doing anything else so it's it's uh it's been an amazing journey it just uh, I feel so grateful to have found that thing I feel like that's been inside of me that I've been waiting to find um, that thing that I really want to do and it is amazing once you find that thing that I feel I feel like I was almost called to do this once you find that thing it's everything kind of becomes easier um, like you said that passion and that energy, it's infectious. It opens doors. You know, you'll be working long hours, but not feeling tired, actually feeling more energized. And that, that to me is just incredible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, we get up in the morning even, and you feel like you jump in a, you jump in the river, you know, it's like, <laughs> like I said, you know, how you doing? It's like crazy as ever. This is every day you wake up and it's like, you know, I used to wake up and I used to dread going to work and, mm-hmm. you know, it was mundane and I just, I, it was it was insanity. You know, it was this the definition of insanity over and over again, same thing. And, and, you know, once, you know, it was scary and it was frightening. And, you know, I still to this day doubt a lot sometimes. And Brian is like, Christine, stop it. <laughs> like I'll get a lecture from people, you know, you know, do you really want to do this? Or, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't you know. Um, you know, cause you doubt. It's uh, I would give it to back doubt. to you for like a week you know? and you'd be like, get me out of here. Right. Now. Right. And it's, <laughs> I just feel like every day is an adventure and it's, and it's new. And every single day there's a different schedule and different people you're dealing with. And, you mm-hmm. know, maybe it is calls and this and that, but there's something different that it's hard to explain to someone that is not ready to take that step. Um, mm-hmm. And I would love for you to just talk a little bit because you now I see you on social media, which you're doing a really good job. Um, just, just, you know, from podcasting marketing, Christine. So you're doing a really good job on social media because I see you doing things that you don't normally see. And it's a little bit out of the box. And I know a lot of trainers and a lot of people have been struggling to, you know, with, with the pandemic, the same thing that you're saying, you know, it hasn't been that bad to you. Why? Because you are okay to go outside and to pick up a log and to, and that's (laughs) something, you know, um, so how is it? I mean, I know you have that in your background, but how are you, how are people reacting to this? And, you know, what are you doing? Tell us some of the things that you're using outside in some of your workouts. Yeah. I mean, that's another you know, when the pandemic happened, um, I just, every single day I 
you know, thank the universe that I live in Vermont um, and, and live where I do in Vermont. Uh, where, where I am in Woodstock, I can literally walk through the woods behind my house about a half a mile and be on this mountain biking, hiking, uh, trail running uh, trail network on, a, on almost 400 acres of just woods and hills and ponds. And there's this crazy network all through the woods here. So when the pandemic struck, a couple things happened. One, I got furloughed from the athletic club. Um, and I was going to wait to start my own training business until I had a little bit more experience with in-person uh, training. But I said, you know what? There, you know, you got to, I wanted to do something. I wanted to, you know, I couldn't stop. I had so much energy that th- sitting still wasn't an option. Um, and so I was like, you know, even though I want a few more years of in-person experience before I launched my own business, I said, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. It wasn't that easy of a decision. And I actually had some really good help from a close friend of mine and business coach and advisor, Lindsay Lathrop. I actually called her early in the, in the pandemic. And I said, Oh my gosh, like, you know, should I start my own personal training thing? You know, my own business. And she was like, duh, <laughs> no brainer, <laughs> do it. I'm like, okay. So I did. Um, and then, yeah, during, during being able to both teach and train from my kitchen over zoom and then go outside and do workouts with people in the neighborhood, you know, in my, basically in the, you know, 50 by 50, uh, gravel parking lot outside of my apartment, you know, in the woods, it really, what I found it did was without having access to the gym, it got my creative juices flowing so much. Um, and it, you know, it really kind of simplifies things in some ways too. So either you go body weight or you're like, okay, I don't have a pull-up bar. What do I have? Oh, I have trees. Okay. I can find a branch and jump up and pull and do a pull up. Okay. Awesome. It's like, Oh, I don't really have dumbbells. What can I use? Oh, I'm so lucky to be in Vermont and in the woods. I have all these rocks and logs. Okay. Let's pick up some rocks. We can do some squats. We can do some overhead pressing with, with rocks and logs. Um, there, there was one of those, um, videos I put on social media early on. I took a, uh, I, I took a big heavy cast iron pot and I shoved it full of canned goods and it was wicked heavy. And I was doing these really fun, uh, this whole combination of like deadlift to squat to overhead press with this <laughs> with this big heavy cast iron pot. I was having a great time, and and people loved it. Um, and so I think I think helping people, I think one of the one of the things that I'm able to do, and I think part of it is is just from being in a place I love um, and doing something I love, is I think I can help people kind of shift their mentality a little bit to get out of the box of what they think of in terms of exercise and think of in terms of training. Um, you know, for people that, that have a fitness habit of going to the gym for a long time, I think it's easy to get kind of, you know, not to say that they're doing anything wrong because they're absolutely not. They're, they're hundred percent doing something amazing, having a fitness habit, going to the gym. But for some people, it almost is like a mental rut where it's hard to picture a workout that doesn't involve, you know, your favorite set of dumbbells or that treadmill that you always go to, you know, by the window. Um, we're such creatures of habit that when things, when you have a massive change in your life, um, like a pandemic, that suddenly everything you knew is different, you know, gyms are shut down. I think for some people, 
having that habit suddenly just ripped away from them without any kind of foresight, it, it put a lot of people in a really tough place. And for some people, it was kind of like, well, if I can't go to the gym, you know, it's, it's, what can I even do? You know, I don't have dumbbells. How can I, how can I exercise? Maybe part of it too was, you know, I, I wasn't in the fitness industry as a professional actually for a career for that long before the pandemic came. So it was kind of very easy for me to, to, to be fluid in my thinking and say, okay, well, you know, I only had that gym for, to train in for about a year. Uh, you know, how am I going to keep training? Um, well, so I have around me and I know that, you know, a lot of people don't have access to <laughs> 400 acres of woods and trails mm-hmm. in their backyard, uh, actually very few people. And so that just makes me extremely fortunate, but at least in new England and Vermont, a lot of people have wood stoves. So you got firewood, you can lift it. Um, you know, you have kitchen pots, you can lift those. Uh, you don't need to even have woods to go into your kitchen and find, you know, a couple unopened water jugs, you know, to do farmer's carries or bent over rows or whatever. So, um, it's, it's like showing people, you know, simplify it. Um, you know, you don't even need equipment. We can do all body weight. You know, the key is to move, to get that blood going, um, you know, and through that movement, find that mental health, find that clarity, find that confidence, you know, um, just kind of, find that way to take care of yourself so um being in vermont is part of it for sure uh but then also just helping people whether you're in vermont or not or in the woods or not um helping people just kind of see fitness from a little bit more of an outside the box angle and that's what i think people struggled with after you know with the pandemic of like you know the the personal trainers right now that you know that we've seen the exercise scientists the kinesiologists the the, ones that you know, the ones that think, are think out of the box. You know, and and again, yeah. it's you know, you're so all right. This is what you do with the dumbbells, and this is what you do, and this is the reps, and this is the blah 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 blah. Yeah, we get it. Like you know, we get it. There is a science to it to be safe and effective, and all that fun stuff. That and that's why we study, and that's why we constantly assess and reassess our clients and stay up on the you know the top research. With mm-hmm. that said. When something so crazy happens as a pandemic and all the gyms close and, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like the personal trainers right now that really have, I guess, made it, you know, through the tunnel and the lights coming out are those Mm -hmm. that are like, okay, if this is really my love and my shine and, and I want to help people, they have found a way to do it. And to, yeah. to, to fill a void. And that's what I love about what you're doing is that you are making things fun. You are mm-hmm. outside. There's something to be said for that fresh air from, you Definitely. know, you're, you know, you're getting the juices flowing and the chemical reactions in your body and your brain is firing. And there's, mm-hmm. there's just more, there's more to it. And Absolutely. we were talking to, um, I've been bringing this up a lot lately. We're talking to Lawrence Biscontini and it's my new favorite phrase of the USP because I always used to tell people, what's your wow factor? What makes you stand out? And he just put it into a USP. What's your unique selling point? Well, Mm. I always tell people what, what's different about you? What, what is it that you can do? Do you make people feel, you know, like there's no one else in the room? You know, there's some instructors that I remember 
taking classes when I was younger and they made you could be in a room with 200 people and they made you feel like you were talking directly to them. Mm -hmm. And I remember as a teacher and as a presenter, that is such a gift to be able Mm -hmm. to do that, to reach Mm -hmm. every person. And there's, you know, different tricks, but, um, but that again, that's the connection. That's what we're doing for people. Those, I mean, we work with human beings. We Mm -hmm. work with souls and, and it's not always, you know, it's not the kinesiology. It's not, not to pick on them, but we've done it three times or so, but you know, like, (laughs) but you know, the the reality is like as kids, we play mm-hmm. as adults. Mm-hmm. We work out like work. We work. It's like we're going to go yeah. to work now and it sucks. Mm-hmm. Now we get an opportunity. Yeah. Christine and I talked during this pandemic. I'm like, this is the best. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I'm camping. <laughs> like, I, you know, oh, I get to run all the time and like, oh you know, God. I got a kettlebell that goes anywhere with me and we're yes. good. Brian, I get to get feel- up guys and go run. This is like, I, know. I wake up every morning and I go for a run. And then my kids it's are home. We're on bikes. It's like the freaking, best. I mean, let's, like the 80s. Okay. Yeah. Don't say the best when we've been dealing with homeschool. I think you're just bite your tongue right there. Okay. We're, <laughs> we're hanging in there on that one. Hanging. We're hanging I, on. Grim death. They're the going cat. back though. They're going the back. Cat, the cat hanging on. That's what we think of. <laughs> I, I felt so guilty so, so often during the pandemic because people would, I, you know, occasionally, you know, every two weeks when I had to go out to the grocery store. Uh, I'd see people I knew and they'd be like, oh man, this is so hard. They'd be like, how are you doing? And I, I would have a shit eating grin on my face and feel mm-hmm. so guilty. And I'd be like, I am having so <laughs> much fun. Like I get to go for long trail runs with my dog every day out in my backyard. Mm-hmm. I'm training people in my kitchen over zoom. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm my own boss. I can do what I want all the time. My business is growing way faster than I expected. Um, and it, it, it was the weirdest thing that, uh, that this pandemic actually made all of that possible in some ways. Um, and that's still something I haven't totally wrapped my mind around. Um, but I wanted to hit on something, Brian, that you mentioned, which I thought is so key that I think what we're kind of circling around is that in a lot of ways, that thing that separates those successful trainers from trainers that are just kind of going through the motions is is something that you'll never learn in a book or in an online class or at an SCW conference necessarily, which is that human connection piece of really not just being able to connect with people, but loving to connect with people and really enjoying having that connection. I mean, anybody can read a book on kettlebell training or on, or on smart workouts. Um, But then to be able to, give that to people in a way that makes them excited and it makes them like you were saying, Christine, again, so important that makes them feel like you're talking to them, you know, not just to them, but really understanding what they need, what's motivating them, what's driving them. I remember one of the, uh, one of the first online clients that I started working with down in, uh, Connecticut when I started my own training business back in March, um, it was actually a couple, a mother, a mother and daughter duo. And the, the daughter is somebody I used to go to high school with. And she reached out to me and she was like, oh, you know, my mom is a little bit overweight. She really, she wants to lose weight, but, you know, she hates fitness. She hates working out. She wants to get back into it. But, you know, the only way she's going to do it is if I, if I work out with her. Um, and so we started training together. We're still training together now. It's going fantastic. But I remember in one of the first sessions we had, I was talking to, to her mom and her mom was describing this trainer that she had had 
back in the day, like a year ago or so, they kind of fell out. You know, she wasn't really, she wasn't really into it. And she was describing the programs that this trainer had her do and the exercises. And immediately in my head, I was like, this guy was giving her a cookie cutter program that wasn't right for her at all. That wasn't meeting her where she is at right now or where she was at then. That wasn't taking into account her body type, her interests, her fitness level, what she's actually capable of doing, you know, potentially even previous injuries. Um, and I was kind of amazed that I had that realization that, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different kind of trainers out there. And some of them, they don't have that connection with the people. Maybe they don't, I don't know. Maybe they, I mean, it's so hard for me to even understand because that's one of the huge pieces that motivates me is finding that connection and having that connection with people, um, really getting to know them. Um, but yeah, I, you know, kind of along the line of what we were, what you guys were both saying is there is another side to that. Um, you know, there, there are trainers that want to connect with people and then trainers that don't, that just don't have that. It's like, it's like a fast food, like mm -hmm. order and a cook, you know, mm -hmm. as compared to like, you know, fine dining where you're going to, you know, <laughs> get an explanation, you know, you're going to say, I wouldn't do that if I, I wouldn't try that if I were you. Or it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's, um, it's very similar. So, uh, but, um, yeah, I, and, and, and look, man, you've got a world that's like Disneyland up there where, <laughs> where you get to play, oh. uh, you know, and all these things. Now, now tell me this, you've got, um, you know, you're, you're rolling into uh, a season where, you know, it gets pretty cold and, and uh, I know that people don't necessarily stay indoors at that time up there. Um, but it definitely, you know, the, the change of seasons, uh, throws a wrinkle at you. So what do you do? Um, mm -hmm. what do you do with the change of seasons? What do you do uh, more in the summer than you don't do in the winter? And what do you do more in the winter and stuff like that? Yeah. So the seasons, the seasons in Vermont provide so much opportunity and I, I love the variety that it, that it kind of throws at you and, and um, it kind of forces you to adapt a little bit and constantly be shifting gears. So a lot of people in Vermont shift to skiing. They shift from, you know, summer in Vermont is all about trail running and hiking and mountain biking. And then we shift gears uh, into the winter uh, into snowshoeing, downhill skiing, Nordic skiing, skinning, um, and in a lot of ways, um, those new sports are kind of a fun way, you know, for some people that's cross training for their summer sport and some, for some people, the summer sport is cross training for the winter sport. And for other people, they don't even let the seasons affect it. And, and that was one thing I wanted to touch on too, was if you're a runner and a trail runner, what I was doing, so I was trail running all last summer and then I just kept doing it through the winter. You know, yeah. I threw on micro spikes on my shoes and I yep. go out on my trails and people take their mountain bike in the, in the summer and they throw on these fat bike tires in the winter. Um, they were packing down these, uh, these trails behind my house with these fat bikes and these big old fat bike tires to the point where I could even run on them without, without even micro spikes. I was running all winter long last winter and there's something not just the, you know, the sport can say the same sometimes like running, but running in a new environment, uh, running in these woods on these trails in the winter is totally different than running on them in the summer. And personally, I love that. Uh, I love that change. Um, but I also look forward to the things in the winter that I can't do during the, the summer. So the snowshoeing aspect and the, I have a little, I have a pair of Nordic skis that has a little metal edge on it. So you can actually kind of make turns. Um, and I so much prefer, you know, the downhill skiing is a lot of fun. I have, I have alpine skis. Occasionally I go alpine skiing. Um, 
but you know, there's lift lines, there's, you know, maybe it's my, maybe it's my resistance to be put in any kind of box or to think in any kind of box. It's like, I don't want to just go up on a chairlift and come down on this trail that, that I have to go down on because that's the trail. Uh, I like to put on my snowshoes or my skis, go out my backyard and uh, I'll pick a point on a map or just, or you know, I'll pick a distant hill and be like, okay, let me see if I can get there. Um, <laughs> and with snowshoes and skis with metal edges, you can, you can pretty much make it <laughs> anywhere in Vermont. Um, and so that's, I mean, that for me is one of the things I love about the winter is just, uh, kind of new possibilities to explore. You know, if there's a giant bog that you can't go into in the summer because you're going to sink up to your, you know, neck, you can ski over it in the winter when there's, when it's frozen and there's three feet of snow. Um, so, so yeah, winter is coming up here. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to try to keep working out outside. Um, you know, I have my own kettlebells, my little, my little garage gym set up. Um, for some people, it's going to be pretty hard. Uh, making that transition. Um, you know, for some people, they got into the habit of working out outside, working out at home, staying away from the gyms, not feeling totally comfortable going back indoors. Um, and for some of those people, I think, you know, the winter can be hard. And, and I think, again, personal trainers, um, and at least, you know, thinking about myself, I think there's kind of a responsibility to, to, help connect to people and say, you know, you, you know, that pair of kettlebells you have in your garage, bring it into your kitchen. You know, let's do a couple zoom sessions. Maybe I can show you a few movements you can do right in your living room or kitchen um, that you were doing outside or, or maybe, you know, can add on to your routine that you're going to try to bring inside. So seasons are changing. We've got some, we've got some new opportunities coming um, and it's definitely going to be fun. Everybody up here, you know, we basically love all the seasons up here. That, that's one of the things to live up in, in a place like Northern New England or, you know, any kind of Northern place in this country, you kind of have to love all the seasons and, and the change that comes with them. Brian, don't you want to just jump in the car and go visit Andrew right now? Yeah, Like, let's go, let's do this. And, and that's exactly you it. Could- like you, you just said, it. like <laughs> when things are going right and you live in a good place, mm-hmm. like whenever it changes to whatever it is, you're like excited about yeah. it. You're, you're like, all right, yeah. no, this is great. Can't wait till winter. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait till spring. Can't wait till summer. You know, it's just yeah. like, it's like training, right? When right. training is going right, you love all the workouts. You love the easy days. You oh, love yeah. the hard days. You love the, you know, the gut wrenching days. You love the days uh-huh. off. You know, you love it all. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I am excited. Um, cause my friend Meg, who rides her bike and runs, she runs the, she runs one of like the ski schools and whatnot every winter at Killington. So she's right outside oh, of cool. there. So don't you worry. I'll be reaching out when, um, <laughs> yeah. when I go up for a weekend and, uh, get you know, the kettle with the, uh, with the cans and no, I was canned just, goods. I was in just thinking, maybe, get it ready. maybe he'll meet me. <laughs> maybe you'll <laughs> ski with me for a day. I wasn't yes, really thinking. I will about, pack but. up the kettle. See, uh, we could do a workout and then do. ski for the rest of the day. Okay. Yeah. I already got a plan. Absolutely. All right, cool. That's a great plan. Um, and we can even, you know, it's fun. We can even combine those things, Christine. Um, okay, please. I just please kind please of walk recently. Me this. <laughs> it's okay. Get ready. Get ready for this. Okay. Uh, so, with the help of a few other people uh, at the Woodstock Inn and Resort, kind of combining the powers of all these different departments, uh, we just launched this week uh, my little baby slash brainchild that I've been that I've been trying to get going since I started working at the club. We built a fitness loop on one of our trails. So there's a, a whole trail system called the Mount Peg Trails right behind the athletic club and kind of right behind the Woodstock Inn. And we took a mile of these trails kind of close to one of the parking areas, kind of close to one of the trailheads, and we put in fitness stations. 
uh, I think 10 stations over this one mile loop. And we're going to do an upper loop too, probably next year. So there's a pull-up station, there's a dip station, there's overhead bars, uh, there's an inverted row station. And we have this whole program designed where I'm going to take people out there in all seasons. So we're going to do a snowshoe run on this fitness loop in the winter, and you're going to still have to go through all the bodyweight stations, you know, with your mittens on, with your hat on, doing your dips, doing your push-ups, doing your squats. Um a little bit of cross training for people getting ready to ski or for coming out of the winter into their spring season. Uh, it's going to be a blast. So when you come up here, Christine, bring your snowshoes, bring yeah. your skis, bring your gloves and hat. What are snowshoes? I don't come on. Snowshoes. Listen. Snowshoes. You book, don't know what snowshoes are? Let's book it. Like like boots? No, snowshoes. No like with the tennis rackets on yes. them? Yes. See, no. I don't have that. <laughs> I've never gone snowshoeing before in my life. Um, like, Christine, like, they do yeah. they do like 100k races. Okay. Yeah. Well, now we're in. I was thinking we just work out and then we go downhill skiing the rest of the day, but I mean, <laughs> that's fine too. I can you I'm can in. Do that too. I'm in for everything. Listen, Andrew, when you're done with this, well, just patch us through to the front desk and we'll book the rooms. And, uh, you okay. know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we'll no get problem. it done. Oh, my. I know. I'm, I'm like, hmm, this sounds, this was, I don't have to make this happen. I think, I don't know. They, you said that they're really nice, right? So, may, I don't know. Maybe we'll talk. Maybe I'll come up and like do a weekend like program and we'll do some like, you know, bartering for, for some stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. All right. We'll talk Great about plan. that. Yeah, see? I love it. Here we go. All right. You know what we need to do is before we end today, tell everyone around the world, how can they get in touch with you if they want to do some awesome training over Zoom um, and then, you know, where everyone can find you and get in touch? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, easy way to get a hold of me is through my website, which is andrewstowfitness.com. All one word strung together. You can find links on there to my Facebook page, my Instagram page, uh, my personal contact. You can reach out to me directly at andrewstowfitness at gmail.com. Uh, find me on Instagram uh, at Andrew G. Stowe. Send me a message. I would love to meet anybody. I do a free 30-minute um, consult before any training to make sure that it's a good fit for me, good fit for them. Uh, so even if you just want to chat fitness, you know, grab a 30 minute slot through my website. Um, I love to chat fitness with, with people from all walks of life. So reach out and be in touch. You're awesome. You have been fantastic not to disappoint anybody. Your energy is amazing. And we're so excited (laughs) that you are not with the, um, that crazy outlaw ginseng gun barreling <laughs> in vermont anymore and that was i mean i'm i'm every day i learn these great new I was like why is like history gin- and i feel like one day jeopardy i'm coming for you why is ginseng so busy i gotta know I'm like what is this is this sweatshop uh, <laughs> I, I had no idea we're making iphones that what are we fantastic. doing here, man? oh my god oh man andrew Thank that was awesome Thank you guys much for having me such an honor to be on this show i love this show and i i feel uh you know really special to to have a chance to chat with you guys so thank you so much for having me of course thanks for adding to the show and one day think of us because you know we'll help you produce your own we get the andrew (laughs) stowe fitness podcast coming up monday you you guys will be first on the list when when i'm ready i'll call you all right, Andrew. Thank you so much. And with that said, it is Christine Conte. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazy. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.